All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship you. Father, we pray now everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so a man and woman were arguing over who spent the most money and why they were wasting money on stuff. And they got to talking about the man had a, a problem to where he liked a certain brand of scotch that was $100 a bottle. And the wife was like, this is ridiculous and you shouldn't drink this. So the man got back on the lady's case about all the stuff she buys and he found one little thing of Estee Lauder night cream that was about this big that's worth a couple hundred dollars. And the lady said, you don't understand, that little jar helps me look young and beautiful. And he said, what do you think the scotch is for? <clears throat> Crystal approved it. It was, it was not a good approval, but it was approved. <clears throat> Um, whoo, <laughs> um, I'll take all the jokes y'all got. It is what it is. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is, is, um, it's going to be, it's a little tougher subject to talk about. A lot, a lot of people are comfortable with it, but we're going to start, I'll tell you the title in a minute. We're going to start off with a Psalms that probably most of you could repeat as a small child, but I'm going to read it. So if you would turn with me to Psalms 23. Right? We used to be able to repeat that, right? Psalms 23, and it says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me behind, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valleys, or the valley of the shadow of death, if you're reading into King James, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What we have today is, is we don't necessarily want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We, we think somehow because we're Christians in this day and age that we should be set apart or removed from any of the things that happens in the world. The Bible says clearly we're not of this world, right? We don't war after this world. This is that we are, we are a visitor here. This is not our home. This is a temporary home until we get to go home home. So we do not get to walk around the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's tough. And then and I hear, and William actually asked me the question before church, right? Well, how does God allow bad things to happen to good people or little kids? Or In the gospel according to John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and I come that you have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't promise a perfectly healthy life. He promised healing. He didn't promise to have no things come against you. He promised refuge and redemption and salvation. You don't need salvation if you were never lost. You don't need to be saved from anything if you weren't at risk. We are at risk. The Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion going about looking for the ones to devour. That's us. 
And a lot of times when people decide to say, hey, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do what's right, and everything in their life has been nice and smooth and quiet, and then all of a sudden you say, I, I'm going to start following God and I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start doing what I'm supposed to do every day. Now, all of a sudden they get attacked and they don't know where it come from. We didn't come from God. The enemy wants nothing more than to stop the Christians from gathering together, stop the Christians from being fed God's word, to stop the Christians from starting to understand and live and walk according to God's word. It is his goal to stop us. And while it's, you know, how my head works and how God feeds me information I don't understand, but I've been praying about this all week, and the best example I can give you is, it is like when your little kids get a gift, a present, on Christmas morning that has nine, 7,000 of those little ties and buttons holding it in the package, right? Those are the gifts of God. And most Christians walk around with the box still intact because they're not willing to go through the effort of what it takes to unpack it. Think about if your child got it for Christmas and there it is sitting in the box with all the little 10,000 little parts and Barbie shoes and all of the things and they go, no daddy, don't unpack it. Leave it all in there. Scared I might lose it. Scared it might be hard to keep up with it. Scared it might take me some time to clean it all up. We face with the same things from God. God gives us these gifts and these talents and these opportunities for us to grow and develop and we walk around with it in a shiny package. Well, if I decide to go to church too much, Satan might attack me. My enemy, my, my friends might think I'm crazy. My coworkers might not include me when they're having a party or they're, they're doing something. We walk around with it. So we take that little shiny box and we hide it around the corner. And we go, I got it, right? Now, some of those folks, right, you, you see the, the comic book folks, some of those people want their little toys in the plastic. You can't play with them. They got to be in the plastic. There are a lot of Christians that walk around with their toys still in the plastic. We're so worried about what the effort is to get to where God wants us to be that we're not willing to go through the process of opening it up. Just for a moment, consider what would have taken place. And, then, and look, I, I know God has a plan A and a plan B and a plan C. And if the Apostle Paul wouldn't have done what he was supposed to do. God would have called somebody else and they would have stepped up and did it. But just think for a second, what would have happened that if the first time something happened bad in Paul's life, that he said, oh, well, I can't do any more of that. That's really uncomfortable. Anybody know what Paul went through? He went through some stuff. In fact, he goes fool one time and explains it. Let's, let's look at what Paul went through. I'm completely out of order, but y'all don't care. Uh, 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> um, chapter 11. And, oh man, where do you start? We'll start with 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, 
been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received the, <clears throat> from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I have beaten, been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. He was actually stoned and then got up and walked off. Three times I have been shipwrecked. I spent the night <clears throat> and day in open sea. I have constantly been on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, endangered in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. And I have labeled and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I have faced the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now, Paul said in Romans that if he could give up his salvation for everybody, for all the Jews' salvation, he would do it. Can you imagine? I, my salvation is not on the table. It's, it's, it's not negotiable. But can you imagine being beaten and tortured and shipwrecked? Now, there are Christians that will say that God did that to Paul. Right? God made my baby sick. God tore up whatever. Right? When there's a hurricane or a tornado, that is an act of God. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If it falls in the category of killing, stealing, and destroying, God's name's not on it. If Paul would have faced any of those challenges and stopped and said, Lord, this ain't worth this. These people don't need to know. I don't care what they think. I don't care if they go to hell. Good for them. They want to go to hell, good for them. They don't want to believe the gospel, good for them. Instead, Paul, throughout his entire life, I mean, they beat him and tortured him and put him in prison, and he's still writing the letters to the churches talking about love and grace and forgiveness. And then they got worse. They said, well, we'll chain his hands up. You can't write like this. And then he wrote some letters. With him. You write down, I'm just going to tell you what to say. Where is your threshold? Are we still toting around our salvation and our promises of God in the shiny box because we're not willing to be obedient to what God said? We're not willing to go through the process of doing what he says do, to showing up to church, to reading our Bible, to praying, to asking for forgiveness, to showing forgiveness to other people, to giving people God's grace? Or... Are your fingers a little bit bloody and your knuckles a little bit skint because you've been doing your best to unwrap that package to get it to where you're supposed to be? Now, I can't answer that question for you because I don't know. See, most of the battles that Christians fight, they're right here. And it's the mindset of the world that it affects us when we start talking about the gospel. If Paul would have had in his mind that nothing ever goes right, it ain't never going to happen, and no matter what happens, I keep getting knocked down, we would not have all of the letters that he wrote. Instead, he said, no matter what comes against me, I'm going to preach the gospel. This last thing, besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. 
So regardless if I get shipwrecked and be stuck at sea, regardless if I get beaten with the cat of nine tails 39 times, regardless if they stone me, I'm still concerned over the churches. I don't know anybody with that kind of dedication. That is not, that is not of man. That is of God. Paul was anointed to have what he had. And he went through terrible tribulations. <clears throat> um, I'm going to try to get back in order. So turn with me, if you will, to the uh, book of Joshua. Chapter 1, in verse 7. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, it's way way back there. Uh, It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant gave you and not turn from it right or left, that you may be successful wherever you go. For to keep this book of the law always in your lips and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. He was talking to Joshua, right? When God is talking to Joshua, he is preparing Joshua for some of the darkest years that the Israelites are going to go through. Not, not in slavery, right? But Joshua was a warrior. Joshua is going to go against 30-something, eight or nine tribes of people and eliminate them from the place of the planet, right? Joshua was on a quest from God, and he is going to be put in a situation that he is going to know war like nobody else, really. Joshua is in a place to where he is going to go through some stuff. And what God said for him is not sharpen your sword or make sure you train extra hard. He said, I need you to meditate on my word day and night and do not let it come out, leave your mouth. You have to be prepared for what we're getting ready to go through. It's really good. Chapter 7 and 8, I mean, verse 7 and 8 are, are really good. If you're a young Christian, be strong and courageous and be careful to go obey all the laws, right? And do not turn to the left or the right. Keep this book of the law in your lips, right? How can you keep something on your lips? You have to know it. You have to hear it, and you have to read it, and you have to study it, and you have to know it. If you're going to be prepared to be able to go through what we're going to go through, you need to know what the promises of God are. And they need to be written in your heart, and they need to be present on your lips. We know that tribulation is coming. Turn with me to the gospel according to John. And see, this is where we get into some, some discussion, right? The gospel according to John, because the, a lot of times the modern Christians don't think we're going to have to go through any kind of um, stuff, right? We don't, have to, we don't have to put up with that. We're not getting tortured and beat. Um, gospel according to John, chapter 16, um, verse 33. <clears throat> Um, actually, verse 31. Do, do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming that in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home and you'll leave me all alone, yet I'm not alone for the Father is with me. Verse 33. And I have told you those th- these things so that in me you will have peace. 
For in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. It doesn't say may, could, probably. You will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So when we face the trials and tribulations that we go through on a daily basis and we act surprised, I don't know why. Sometimes I guess we feel like that if we're doing what we're supposed to do and we're being a good neighbor and person, then bad things shouldn't happen. Couldn't be further from the truth. Satan is like a roaring lion looking for those to devour. That's us. And the more we are working our way towards representing God the right way, the more do we become ambassadors of Christ, do we get a smaller target or a bigger target? Y'all ain't had a softball reference in a while. I kind of feel out of shape. It's, it's spring. We ought to have. Do you think that pitchers treat all nine batters the same? I can assure you that batters three and four get treated completely different than the other seven. Why? Because if you're batting in the three-hole or the four-hole, you're a pretty good hitter, right? You don't get the same pitches everybody else gets. You don't get the same treatment everybody else gets. The defense moves accordingly, right? The defense should move accordingly when you walk in the door. Satan should see us and shudder. We should be a threat. But we can't be a threat if we have all of our stuff still packaged up. If we refuse to accept where we are in Christ and press forward to be better Christians, to be better spouses, to be better bosses, to be better siblings, to be better children. When we work harder to live more like Christ, we start getting the respect of a three and four hole hitter. All of a sudden, you don't get the same look everybody else gets. <clears throat> I've told this before, but some of y'all not heard it, and some of you have, and it'll be okay if you heard it, you need to hear it again. When we were having Bible study, I sound like granddaddy, praise God. Um, when we were having Bible study at our church, we, we, we actually discussed this one day, right? That Satan attacks you the most when you're trying to do the best. That was the whole Bible study thing, right? And in the conversation, and that's what Bible study was then, and, and it was really good and enlightening, but the conversation went around the room for a while, and Lane Hoffman and Kim found out, figured out that they were not the only people who fought Sunday morning before they come to church. Right? Because let me tell you something. If, if there is a question mark that if you're going to get aggravated enough in the morning, that that's going to stop you on whether or not you're going to come to church, you're going to get attacked. Now, Crystal and I don't get attacked on Sunday morning anymore very much. Not saying we don't get attacked at other times, but Sunday morning is really off the table because there's nothing that can happen to me pre-dawn that's going to stop me from coming to do what I'm going to do. This is non-negotiable. I don't have anything that's going to stop me. Flat tire, broke down car, I'll walk. I'll ride my bicycle. I'll crawl. It don't make any difference. I'm coming here no matter what. 
Well, we don't have the normal spats that everybody else does on Sunday mornings. And I'm going to challenge you that when you put church off of the negotiating block, watch it, it will peak and then it will fall off. Because the enemy will not attack you where he cannot win. And oh God, he, he is looking to beat you. He is not looking to fight against you. He wants to beat you. He wants to stop you from growing and stop you from developing. And whatever that aspect of your life is that is most, eh, well, maybe, maybe not, that's where you're going to get attacked. Now, like I said, don't think we don't get attacked. I told Crystal <laughs> Friday afternoon, I swear I got to quit living sermons every week before I get here. And I guess it just sets me up. But this week, right, um, well, Caroline got hit in the cheekbone, right? And it fractured her cheekbone. And her muscle that's on the bottom of her eye that makes her eye go up and down is currently pinched in that fracture. And then Crystal had a procedure and had horrible reaction and, 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 and we had a whole nother world with that, right? And in my job stuff, oh boy, that's been not so good this week. I've threatened to get fired twice. I don't get fired. I got threatened to get fired twice this week. So I'm not saying we don't get attacked. We don't walk around the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But what we need to know is, is that God is with us, that he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. And I don't care what the enemy brings against me. The way Jesus said in John 33, I have overcome the world. He is of the world. I am not of the world. He has overcome the world. So broke cheekbone, unhappy kid, bad procedure. 